Amen. Won't tell them thanks for our lunch today. Good job on our pork chops. I want to encourage you every single week to, to be thinking about every week who you can invite to our men's lunch. Uh, we, we come every single Thursday. We, we look at the Word of God and how, uh, how God has called us to be men led by the Bible, uh, driven by the Bible, and then operating that in, in, the, in our Christian life, our Christian walk. So I uh, want to encourage you every single week to think about somebody you can invite. I want to let you know next Thursday we will we'll not have the men's lunch. We'll pick it up the week after that. But next, next Thursday we will not have our men's lunch. We're going to pick back up in our Bible study. We're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. Uh, as we begin, kind of think about the context. Remember John now, uh, the apostle, is an older man. He sees some things that are, that are really popping up uh, in the church, and, and he feels the need to go back and address those things. Uh, he, he writes this letter very specifically because some different ideas about the gospel are now being proclaimed as the true gospel. Now, as we think about that, think about how that ties in today. Think about how that shades the church today. Uh, there are some things in this day being blended in with the gospel and really kind of d- diluting the gospel that are being portrayed as the true gospel. Really, the world's, uh, the world's thoughts and the pagan thoughts are being mixed with Christian thought and, and the truth is being distorted. The truth is being lost there in this age of the church. Uh, very specifically, there were, there were Gnostics, the early Gnostics, uh, and, and they were saying that salvation is some uh, super spiritual means and that it, that it was a spiritual matter, but it was separate from their physical lives. It was separate from their physical uh, daily lives. And so they, they had a different understanding of what salvation was. Uh, there was also some Greek philosophers at the time that were saying that salvation was the product of a, a rational philosophy or a rational understanding. And they were, they were teaching that human reason and human knowledge, uh, if you could gain enough of it, could result in salvation. And, and then there was another group, uh, the hedonists, and they were evaluating everything according to your experience. And so to them, your salvation would be a, a, on your great experience or maybe some religious high or maybe some good feeling. And if something didn't add up to that experience, uh, they would cast it away. And so they were judging everything according to experience. All of these things were entering into the church and being mixed with the truth of the biblical gospel. And in all of this distortion, all this misinformation, the question becomes this. How do we know if we're saved? And all that misinformation, that becomes the question. How can you tell, how can you know if somebody is in Christ, if somebody is a follower of Jesus Christ? Is it just a spiritual thing? Is it just an academic thing, just a piece of knowledge? Is it an experience that you can point back to? And I'll just tell you this, and it's the same today as it was then. When you're not sure of the gospel, when you're not sure how to be saved, you're going to spend a lot of time wondering if you are saved. Now, be sure and hear that. Listen to that. When you're you're not sure of the gospel, when you're not sure how to be saved, you're going to spend a whole lot of time wondering if you are saved. I see the same thing play out today. A Gallup poll from last year, 2017, says that 75% of Americans claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. 70, now that's down, but if, if the survey is correct, 75% 
of Americans claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'll just tell you, most people, most of the people that we're going to talk to, they're going to say they're followers of Jesus Christ. If you were to go around town today, if you go back to your job today, most of the people you come in contact with, they're going to say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I preach funerals, it is almost unheard of, a very rare, rare thing. It is almost unheard of that people would say that the deceased person was not a follower of Jesus Christ. It seems like, well, they've passed away. Yes, they're a follower of Jesus Christ. For sure, they must have been a follower of Jesus Christ. About seven or eight years ago, there was a family that called, and they said, we would, we've lost a loved one in the sky, and we would like you to come and preach his funeral. And I said, well, I'll come over this evening. I'd like to meet with the family and talk about the service. And so I go by that evening, and actually, this is a true story. I actually go in the house, and they said this about the guy. He didn't like church. He did not. He hated, he didn't like church. They said that. He couldn't stand preachers. That's what they said. He couldn't stand preachers. Christian music drove him crazy. He couldn't take Christian music. He said you couldn't trust and believe the Bible. All of those things. But then I said, well, do you think he was a believer? And they said, yeah, we're pretty sure he was a believer. We had a discussion on what that means, what that looks like. I took the opportunity to preach the funeral to tell them what a relationship with Jesus Christ is and how we have eternal life. But he didn't like the church and he doesn't trust the Bible and he can't stand preachers and, and Christian music repulses him. But sure, he's a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen, it is the same issue that we're seeing today. And when you're not sure of what the gospel is, you're not sure where your salvation is. And that is the truth then as well as today. Well, the same issue is going on. And as he writes the letter here, he is clarifying the gospel. Now, I think about the book. I'm not sure if it's because he has an older age now. And maybe he's urgent. He has nothing left to lose. Maybe he understands the importance of the day. But he doesn't pull any punches when you read 1 John. He's very blunt as you read the letter of 1 John. He's clarifying the gospel. Well, today he asks, answers the question, how can you know if you're saved? How can you know if a person is saved? Now, I'm going to read all of the verses, and then we'll come back and look at them. We're in 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 3. It says this, By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. All right, let's break that down and look at it verse by verse. Starting again with the third verse, it says this. By this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. By this, now listen as we move through this. By this, here is the way that we know. By this, we know. Now this is talking about the assurance of. We can actually know. By this, we know we have come to know him. It's talking about Jesus Christ. By this, 
We can know, we can have the assurance that we've come to know Jesus Christ. If we keep his commandments, if we keep his commandments. Now be sure and see this. Now I want to explain it to you. We're not saved by works. Be sure and understand that. Do not, do not misunderstand that. We're not saved by doing anything. In fact, we realize we can't be. We realize we're helpless as we try to earn our salvation. We're not saved by, by works, but the truth is when we are saved, there is a result, and the result is we desire to keep his commandments. Now, did you hear that? We're not saved by doing anything. There's not a check-off list. We're not trying to impress God to earn a salvation. But when we are saved, there is a result. And the result is we desire to, to keep his commandments. Now, his commandments, it's talking about the direction of Christ through God's word. The precepts of Christ, the direction of Christ. We have that today in our Bible, the Word of God. It's talking about you'll keep the commands, you'll keep the truths, the precepts of the Word of God. Very simply, a saved person will live according to how God directs in His Word. That's about as plain as it gets. That's about, it, that's about as real as it gets. Now I want you to think about that for just a second. The Bible says when we're saved... We're a new creation. The Bible says when, we've, when we're saved, we've died to ourselves. We have a new Lord. Our Lord is Jesus Christ. It's no longer ourself. The Bible says when, when, we, when we've been truly saved that we see sin differently, that we are repulsed by sin, and we, we see God's grace differently, that we're forgiven of our sin. The Bible says when we're saved, we have a different priority set. And listen, all of that means this. Our heart's desire to live as Christians is to live in a manner that pleases him. As a Christian, our heart's desire is to honor Jesus Christ. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that bore our sins to Calvary. As followers of Jesus Christ, our heart's desire is to live in a manner that pleases him, to live according to his words, what that means. Verse four. The one who says, I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse four is a very hard verse. There are a lot of people claiming to know Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people claiming to know Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that, that claim to love, oh, oh, they love Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people, evidently 75% of our nation, that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. But the truth is revealed, the proof is, is in the fact that if they are, their heart's desire would be to live according to the word of God. Now, John says this. It doesn't matter what they say. Oh, I've come to know him. It doesn't matter what they say if they're not living according to the word of God. He says, in fact, if they say differently and that's not how they're living, John says this, they're a liar. They're a liar. The truth's not in them. Well, we love God. We love Jesus Christ. We know him. But if they're not keeping the commands of God, John says this, they're a liar. Verse five. But whoever keeps his word, this is the flip side, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The word keeps here in verse five. But whoever keeps his word, the, the word keeps here 
in, in the Greek means a watchful obedience. It means that you're careful to obey. You're considerate to obey. Well, this is what God has said. This is where God has led in his word. And you're careful to obey. You're not just haphazard moving through life. You're considerate in your attempt to obey. It says, but whoever is considerate, is careful to keep his word, in him, that person, in him, the love of God has been perfected. And that word perfected means accomplished. The love of God has been realized, has been accomplished in that person. Again, it says this, by this, here's the way. By this, we know that we are in him. We are in Christ. By this, this is the way we know that we are in Jesus Christ. Listen, when you are saved, when you're truly saved, it's not a hedonistic experience. Oh, that was a great high. It, it's not some spiritual secret that's, that you can compartmentalize and keep separate from the rest of your life. It's not some philosophical realization. When you've been truly saved, it is you being in Christ and Christ being in you. And John is saying again, and the result is you have a desire to keep the word of God, to keep the word of Christ. That's the truth. That's, that's the reality. That's what he's saying. You know what? You, you can come and you can say, oh, I love Christ. But you know what? If you do, your heart's desire will be to live according to the word of God. And if a person's saying that but not living according to the word of God, they're lying. But you know what? You find a person and their priorities have changed and their eyes have changed and their hearts have changed and they now desire to live according to God's word. That is a person who is saved by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's the reality. He's very blunt. So here's the call of that. Here's the call of that. Verse six. The one who says he abides in him ought himself, listen, this is talking to us. The one who says he abides in Jesus ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. The one who says he belongs, he abides in Christ ought himself to walk in the same manner as Christ Walked. Now listen, there's a very important part of this verse, verse 6. The only way that we are able to do that, because we are sinners. The only way we're able to do that, because we do mess up. We have, we have great intentions and we fail, we mess up. We are sinners. The only way that we're able to do that is to be abiding in Christ. Do you notice the language in the verse 6? abiding in Christ. That's how we're able to do that, by staying in Christ. John chapter 15, verse four, Jesus is speaking. And he says this, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. The one who abides in him Verse says, ought himself to walk in the same manner. Now, the word walk here is talking about the pattern of your life. It's not a snapshot of your life. It's not a flashpoint in your life. It's not a one-time event in your life. It's not a good week that you have. It's talking about the pattern of your life, the walk of your life, the course 
of your life. The one who says that he abides in Christ ought himself to live out the pattern of his life, living his life in the same manner that Christ also walked. Now, what that means is this. As a Christian, we're to imitate Jesus Christ. As a Christian man, we're to talk the way Jesus would have talked. We're to do business the way that Jesus would do business. We're to treat other people the way that that Jesus would treat other people. We're to respond the same way that Jesus would. We're to be concerned for the lost the same way that Jesus would. We're to sacrifice for others and give ourselves for them the same way that Jesus would. If you've been saved, listen, you walk according to the direction of Christ through his word and you begin to look like Jesus Christ. Now see, this comes full circle. How do we do that? How do I know how Christ talked? How do I know what he wants of me? Sometimes we think, well, I'll, I'll go sit out and stare into the sun long enough and I'll get some revelation and I'll know what God wants from me. How do I know how to imitate Jesus Christ? Listen, we do that by, look at the verse, following his commands. We do that by following the word of God. We abide in Jesus Christ by abiding in and submitting to his word, the Bible. Very plain, very simple. We abide in Christ, we honor Christ, we begin to imitate Christ, and we learn what that looks like. We're directed in that by abiding in and submitting to the word of God, our Bible. By this we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. Men, that is the truth. And that is, that is the reality. And let me just tell you, some, some folks today think, well, that's a, that's a hard message. You're, you're never going to draw people in with such a hard message. You're never going to make people feel good about themselves with such a hard message. Listen, that's, that's what John says. That's what the, God, the Word of God says. That is, that is the truth. That is the reality. You see, we live in an age where people think, you know what, it's the church's job to, to comfort you and make you feel good in your sin. You know what, you're all right. God's grace is going to forgive you. Yes, he forgives But if we're saved, we have a new direction, a new priority set. Listen, Christ doesn't come to comfort you in your sin. Christ comes to forgive you and to remove you from your sin. Christ doesn't come to confirm your walk as it is. He comes, and because he comes, your walk changes because we serve Jesus Christ. We abide in him by abiding in his word. How do you know you're saved? You're directed by the word of God. Your heart's desire is to be led by the word of God. Here's the question. And he's he's writing that really for a point of self-examination. The gospel's been distorted. If we're not sure what the gospel is, we're not sure if we're saved. I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not sure how all these things mix together and add up. And so he's really putting this out as a point of self-examination. Here's the question for us today. So are you? Are you directed by the word of God? Are you committed to following and obeying the word of God? Are, are, you, are you? Are you ordering your marriage according to the word of God? Are you, are you ordering your life according to the word of God? Or is your priority set based upon what God has said in his word? Are you? As the Bible says, John says, God's word says. You know what? How do you know you're in Christ? If you abide, if you keep, if you walk in his commands. Here's the question for us, are we? Now here, here's the thing about this message. We could leave here and say, man, that gum, that's hard. I, maybe I'm not even saved. 
Man, I've sure messed up a lot of stuff. Dad gum, this is hard stuff. Here, here's the good news of this message. There's a couple points. First off is this. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ today, you could be saved. If you've never received the forgiveness of your sin and you're carrying around the guilt and the condemnation of your sin by faith in Jesus Christ today, his grace, you can walk out of here forgiven of your sin by faith in Jesus Christ. Second thing is this. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but you know what? You've been, you've been distracted and like those people, the truth's been distorted and you wonder how you ever got where you're at. Listen to me. The answer is the same. You repent. You ask God to forgive you and then you live according to the word of God. It's not too late. You know, what, you know what our answer is as Christians in our homes, in our marriages, in our churches, in our lives? We say, what, may, man, I may have messed up some stuff, but you know what? God, you forgive me, and he's faithful and just, and we turn around and we walk with him led by his word. The good news of both of those is this. You know what? We can do that today. The greatest thing that come out of this lunch is grown men said, you know what? I, I believe there's a Savior, and I believe his name is Jesus Christ. I believe by faith in him I'm saved and forgiven, and my heart longs to live according to the word of God. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you're here. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for each man here. You know where we're at today on this day. All of us have sinned. Every person here sinned grievously against you. All of us has known what's right, we did what's wrong. All of us knew to stop, we kept on. All of us have sinned. And all of us in your grace are offered forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And I pray for some in this room that have never put their faith in Christ. Maybe this is the first they've heard of that. Maybe they've heard it a million times. But I, I pray that today they would say, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. And I ask that you forgive me. Come into my heart and cleanse me and save me. And today I'll walk out of here best I know how following you as my Lord. I pray for the rest of us here, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that we would hear the seriousness of the call of this, this aged apostle. And our hearts would turn to your word. And we would spend time in your word. And we would be directed by your word. And we wouldn't look like the sorry world we exist in. Following, abiding, walking in the commands and the image of Jesus Christ. Help us in that. Encourage us in that. Strengthen us in that. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we worship you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.